What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side. They are the hosts. They're the ones that are in charge of this whole operation, and they are at the helm of the ship, and they are steering the ship through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you here. It is Tuesday, July 19th, 2022, and today we're going to be reading out of the book of James, chapter one verses one through 27. So welcome to 1% with him at his hard line. Glad to have you all here. Um, hopefully the week is treating you well so far. And um, I know it's treating me pretty well. Uh, a couple quick things I thought was kind of interesting. Um, let's see if I can pull this up real quick. Um, apparently, let me see here. I guess I was looking at this. I was kind of trying to verify a little bit. So, you know, we've had a couple of crazy we had a couple crazy weeks because, you know, we saw Georgia Guidestones that got blown up, which was kind of interesting. Um, and then some time back, I forgot when it happened, but, you know, you had the Notre Dame, you know, Cathedral in France that, you know, was on fire. Now, this one I didn't know about. I don't know how true it is because I'm looking at this list. It's a, a list of 34 items, starting with the Ark of Baal or Baal, all the way down to the Windsor Tower. And then everything in between, you got like London Bank, the Hoover Dam, Georgia Guidestones, Epstein Island, Dome, uh, Comet Pizza in Hollywood, places like that, CERN in Switzerland, Buckingham Palace, uh, Stonehenge. And so anyway, like, I see this list, and I guess supposedly these are 34 satanic sites in the world, which doesn't surprise me, most of these. Um, Stonehenge is kind of interesting. I kind of would like to look into that one a little bit more. But yeah, none of this, I'm looking at this list, none of it, you know, really surprises me. I mean, there's Buckingham Palace, the Baltimore Hotel in Coral Gables, Miami. There's the, uh, what else is there? Um, the Statue of Liberty. That's no kidding right there. The Tesla Building, the Getty Museum. I mean, there's there's so many of them. Maybe I'll post it to my wall um, on Telegram. In fact, I'll do it right now as well. I'm thinking about it. Let me just post it on there. You can look at the, uh, you can look at it for yourself. It's very interesting though. Um, Come on, post. And so anyway, as I was looking at this, I was like, uh, so I saw supposedly um, an explosion occurred at the Hoover Dam. I actually saw a video of that. That was pretty interesting. And then um, I saw another story. It says, again, not sure how much I can verify on this, but um, there was a breaking story according to, I guess, PBS. I mean, (laughs) Take that for what it's worth, but supposedly there is a fire that is near, near, not burning actual Stonehenge, but a fire near Stonehenge, and I guess it's causing uh, a stream of emergency services to uh, 
to uh, um, to respond, I guess. So it's, it's kind of interesting when I saw that list and then all of a sudden I saw the explosion, a video of an explosion at the Hoover Dam and then now this, you know, I thought it was kind of interesting. So stuff to kind of take a look at. One of them also, too, in that list of 34 was Three Gorges Dam. So I thought that was kind of uh, interesting, too. So, yeah, kind of, kind of crazy times that we are uh, living in. But anyway, so... So today, with today's reading, um, I, as you all know, I always bounce back and forth between the New American Standard Bible, 95 edition, um, and the New American Bible Revised Edition, which, again, that one's my preferred one because it has these seven uh, books that are missing out of the Protestant Bible. But we're going to be reading James chapter 1, verses 1 through 27, and it reads, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to 12 tribes who were dispersed abroad. Greetings. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect results, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that person ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now the brother or sister of humble circumstances is to glory in his high position, but the rich person is to glory in his excuse me, in his humiliation, because like flowering grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, and its flowers fall off, and the beauty of its appearance is destroyed. So also the rich person, in the midst of his pursuits, will die out. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. No one is to say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it has run its course, brings forth death. So do not be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. In the exercise of his will, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. You know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Now everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted, which, enable, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not just hearers who deceive themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who has looked intently at the perfect law, the law of freedom, 
and has continued in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an active doer. And this person will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks himself to be religious, yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this person's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself sustained, unsustained by the world. And so that concludes the readings of uh, verses 1 through 27. Now, one thing I kind of want to go back to where it says, uh, where did I see it here? It says, now everyone must be quick to hear. Yeah, in verse 19 right here, it says, you know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Now everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. And that is very, very true. And I have kind of experienced that off and on throughout my life. Whenever you kind of have a rage or an anger that pops out, it's definitely not going to bring about the righteousness of God for, for, for sure. And that's pretty much the workings of the devil. The devil wants you to be, you know, he wants you to be rageful. He wants you to, you know, he wants you to act out and lash up, you know, lash out irrationally. He wants you to basically throw your fit and not think about it and not realize the consequences of what that is going to, you know, what kind of, you know, fruit that's going to uh, produce, which is basically not much at all. And like it says in verse 21, therefore, ridding yourselves of all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. thought that was kind of a very noteworthy verse, uh, verses, and I thought I wanted to just kind of point that out. Um, now, the book of James was, it was most likely written by Jesus's half-brother. Uh, a son of Mary and Joseph, who they actually eventually became uh, one of the leaders of the Christian church in Jerusalem. And so the unifying theme of the book of James is faith. And so through James, frames his discussion with a, uh, like a very specific look at the effects of real saving, trusting faith. And so I think that is why James has attracted so much dispute over the years. And James includes heavy emphasis on the works of uh, works associated with Christianity. So like as a result, some interpreters have actually suggested that James contradicts Paul's clear teaching that salvation is not by works, but by faith in Christ alone. Which I think you could find that in Ephesians uh, chapter two, verse eight through nine. But when you, <clears throat> excuse me, when you read the proper perspective, however, it reveals that there is no contradiction to be found. So James asserts from the very beginning of the first chapter that God's desire for us is to trust him more and more deeply. Amen. And so a person's actions are actually a good indicator of what kind of faith they really have. Now, biblical saving faith is not mere intellectual knowledge. It's just basically based on trust. And so a faith that saves is the kind of faith which naturally produces action kind of like when I felt like I was being saved by Christ, right? And my faith grew stronger. It prompted me into action and starting this podcast, kind of as a small, little, minute example. And so 
this was the point of James's writing. So as this book emphasizes our works as believers, the point is that those works are acts of faith. To put it another way, people who actually trust in God naturally obey God. Why, why wouldn't they if they believe him? And so saved people believe in Christ and people who believe in Christ follow the way of Christ. I mean, that's typically how it goes. And so saving faith is trust, which produces action. And so with that action comes service of not just service to God, but service to his people to hopefully bring people closer to Christ, to help uh, encourage others to invite Christ into their hearts so that maybe, you know, they can have a bridge to, like I said, a bridge to Father in heaven. And so, how, do, how does a believer respond to hard times? So James calls us to label those moments as joyful things because they bring the opportunity to trust God at a deeper level. And that is what you would call trusting faith. Kind of similar to some moments that like my wife and I are going through now. You know, they're pretty tough moments. They're challenging. But, you know, we've both come to the, uh, we call it, we've come to terms in agreeing that, you know what, no matter what happens within our lives and within our marriage and what, what happens just no matter what, that God's got the ultimate plan at his hand we think we know what we want and we think we know how the plan should be rolled out but when the plan falls apart according to our own understanding and our own expectation i know many people would automatically default and defect to um or excuse me deflect and default back to well uh you know oh i have bad luck or, you know, this is, you know, nothing goes right in my life. Well, not really. Maybe these are just opportunities that, again, like, like I was saying earlier, that it kind of encourages us to trust God more at a deeper level. And don't get me wrong. I'd be very, very dishonest and disingenuous if I didn't say that there wasn't some times, actually just a day or two ago, where you lash out at God, you yell at him, and yes, to a degree, swear at him, and, and you have your fit of rage saying, why are you doing this? Now, not so much calm, but yelling, screaming, like, what the heck, God, what's going on? You know, this is something... That I really wanted. I thought this was something that was supposed to be, you know, you know, be fruitful and multiply, right? Well, why, why are you not allowing this to take place? Why are you not, you know, you know what I mean? Just, and so there's going to be those times where sometimes your understanding, your, you know, your own understanding is just going to be blown to smith, you know, smithereens, and you're just going to just kind of lash out like a four year old, right? And be like, I don't understand why. And so, what do believers do when they lack wisdom to make a decision? They, they turn to God, and then God generously, typically, will pour out his wisdom. And so this, again, is trusting faith. So, however, if we, if we reject his wisdom, or worse, seek wisdom apart from him, 
then we are demonstrating a lack of trust in the Father. And I know a lot of us have a hard time with that. Sometimes we try to seek out wisdom in other areas. But at the end of the day, the wisdom, the true wisdom that we need to seek out is from God. And I sometimes will struggle with that too, as anybody should or would, will. And so then, you know, if he holds, if, if so then if, if he withholds his wisdom, then it's rightfully so. Because if you're trying to go somewhere else for that wisdom, Basically, what you're doing, because there's really nowhere else you're going to get wisdom from except from man. And you should never trust in man. You need to trust in God. And more people need to come to terms with that actual, um, that understanding. And so James makes it very clear over and over again that what our father longs to see in the lives of his children is evidence of our trust in him. So that would also include how we think about money in this life. Since that seems to be at the forefront of a lot of people's minds right now with inflation and, and uh, you know, the buying power of the dollar is going down. But again, those who trust God understand that this life is so short that our financial situation is meaningless in comparison with the eternal riches of our home in heaven. And again, I would be disingenuous if I didn't mention this. Now, more and more in the last year, year and a half, I've been ripping out those money hooks out of my skin because I used to be so caught up in the budget. I used to be so caught up, of, you know, well, we have to invest. We have to invest, right? Well, I want to make sure I retire at a certain age, right? And I want to be able to travel the world and I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to buy this car. I want to have this property. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter. And, and so I've kind of started coming to more realization and the reality that financial situation like like I said, is really meaningless in comparison when you think about the eternal riches that we have in our true home in heaven. And, and don't get me wrong. It's not saying that I'm going to go out and my wife and I are going to go spend like drunken sailors. We still keep a responsible eye on the budget and make sure that we don't overspend, especially if we have certain things coming up, whether if it's a medical bill or a trip or Maybe we have a repair on a car that we expect that's going to cost a certain amount of money. You do have to prepare for those kind of things. But again, at the end of the day, the financial situations of life are pretty much meaningless. So, so in other words, so like Christians, those that are saved by faith in Jesus Christ will rejoice in their high status position in the next life. And so even, even if they have no material goods in this life, those Christians who are rich in this life should discount the fleeting value of wealth. And so trusting in Christ guarantees us an eternity in heaven. And that eternity with our Father includes a crown of life for those who trust Him through all trials. Instead of using them as an excuse to indulge in sin, which I know some do, and I have done it too, when you go through some stress and you go through some heartaches, one of the biggest things people like to divert to is, uh, you know, I need a drink. I need to, I need a drink, right? You have a hard day. You have a hard challenge ahead of you. That's the typically the first thing a lot of people go to. I need a drink or I need a half gallon of ice cream, <laughs> you know? And so, and, 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 and actually, my wife is just saying right here on the chat board, God test his strongest soldiers. Amen. And see, my wife, for example, and I'm hoping she doesn't mind me saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
her mom often always says to her, if it wasn't for bad luck, Katie, you would have no luck at all because she has, I swear, some of the worst luck with a lot of different areas in her life. No kidding. I'm going to share a little story here. For example, with food. This is very, very common with food. <laughs> I did blow her cover, Dennis, I know. <laughs> but with food, whenever we go out to a restaurant, for example, and I know this is kind of a little sidebar here, but we kind of need a little humor once in a while. With food, whenever we order something, my food typically comes out as ordered, even with the extra pickles and the no lettuce. When she has a couple extra requests, to either eliminate or add something. Somehow the people give her a whole totally different freaking meal in some cases. And I'm not even kidding. I mean, her life from food to clothing to just somehow the corners of the house jumping out and biting her and knocking her down. Like she has some crazy luck. But again, again, her mom always says, if it wasn't for bad luck, you wouldn't have any luck at all. Well, I disagree. I think she was very right. Maybe it's just God just testing her in many, many ways. I tell you what, she's a very patient lady. More patient than me. But again, James urges us, though, to take responsibility for our desire to sin and not to blame God. It's very easy to go blaming God when things don't go our way. And again, I was there just yesterday, as a matter of fact. If I'm going to be completely honest, yesterday. God may allow suffering into our lives. And listen, another sidebar. Have you ever read the book of Job? If you haven't, I would suggest checking it out. Read the book of Job. That man had suffered so much, but yet kept faithful to God. And I think that's where the term, you know, you have the patience of Job, I think, comes from. Because through all his trials and hardships and losing his family, his wife, his kids, his land, his possessions, everything, to getting boils all over his skin. I mean, he still remained faithful to God. He didn't make up excuses. He didn't go to the local bar at that time, if there was ever such a thing, and said, I need to get some of that, that Jesus water that turns into wine and get plastered. He didn't do any of that. He didn't blame God. He just said, you know, just he just, he just kept pressing forward. And so, again, God, God may allow suffering into our lives, but he never uses hardships to try to lure us away from himself. He always encourages us to move nearer to him in the hard times. And that's something I always have to try to remember, too, when I'm going through start, you know, hard challenges. I think everybody does, you know. There's that pesky thing called free will. And I say pesky, you know. Facetiously, it's, it's actually a very important thing that we all hold in life. God doesn't want to force us to him. He wants us to use our own free will to either move towards him or move away from him. And hopefully you move towards him. And so, in fact, every good thing that we have and every good thing that we crave comes from God alone. And he is the single source of good in all of our lives, including the greatest, um, the greatest good that we can, you know, we can possess. What's that? Well, to be alive in Christ. And to move away from God is to move away from good. And when you move away from good, you're ultimately moving yourself into the shadows. And you don't want to move into the shadows because that's where, you know, that's where the, 
That's where the demons and, and, you know, the devil's, you know, little minions like to hide out. They like to plot their schemes, right? They like to try to throw those stumbling blocks in front of you and cause you to sin. You don't want to do that. Don't move into the shadows. We all saw the movie. We all know how that movie ends. You know, you got the climax in the movie where, you know, the main character, you know, runs into so many different hardships and challenges. And, you know, depending on that movie, they end up either going to drink or, you know, they they end up doing something that's self-destructive to them. Something that Satan wants you to do. Basically moving into the shadows, into the darkness and get, get, get you away from the light of God. So... That's a very, very important lesson. Trust in Christ guarantees us eternity in heaven. And that we always need to remember to take responsibility for our desire to sin and never to blame God. That's very important. We, Like I've always said, we're, we have to remain accountable to ourselves. We, have, we are, I think, in my opinion, in my humble estimation, I think we are moving into a new age, among other things, but we are moving into a new age of accountability. People need to start picking up after themselves. People need to start taking ownership of their actions. And stop blaming other people, but most importantly, stop blaming God. God's not the reason why you lost your job. God's not the reason why, you know, your spouse left you. God's not the reason why a drunk driver took the, you know, life of a loved one. All right. Things happen. And yes, God does have a plan. And we have to trust that plan. And like Destry says here on the, on the, on the call board here, God teaches us things that will make sense later in life. Amen. You're absolutely right. And then somebody else here, Coastal Runner, was saying, heard today that when we sin, we ordain the devil. That makes sense to me. Look, we're always going to sin. We're, we're sinners, all right? We were born into a fallen world. We were born into sin. But the key is to walk intentionally in righteousness and to steer intentionally away from sin. If you walk intentionally and steer away from it, the better off you'll be. But don't start blaming God and allowing the devil to drag you into the darkness. That's when things go awry. So, with that, that's all I have for the day. I'm going to be back here in about five more minutes. We're going to do a His Hardline discussion. It's titled The Permanent Decision, as I was talking about last week. Um, I think it was on last week, Wednesday or Thursday. I can't remember what show it was, but uh, was going to do a dedication, a, a specific show to those um, about suicide, the topic of suicide, because that's a very, very important topic. And I believe God put this on my heart to discuss because just on the uh, the 12th of July marks nine years since I lost uh a very good friend, someone that I looked up to. He was actually a stepfather of mine. I worked for him. And, you know, he was just a very outstanding man. And so it marked nine years since his uh, passing uh, when he decided to take uh, his own life. 
And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. And, um, and I'm going to obviously, of course, give some, you know, information about the, the, the national, you know, suicide lifeline, uh, information and things like that. But I think it's a very good topic. It's a, it's a hard topic, but it's a good topic. I think people need to hear because, you know, I've been hearing more people nowadays and there's a lady in our county assembly that just said that she lost three friends of her three. I don't know if they're friends, family, friends, close, close loved ones. We'll just say she lost three people just recently, just recently, all completely unrelated to each other, but just recently to suicide. And I'm hearing more and more of that. So ever since this COVID 2020 started, it seems like so many people are losing hope because they don't know what's, what to do with their lives. It's the unknown that freaks them out and they, you know, they, they don't know what to do. And so I think this is a very important time to discuss this kind of topic because people need to realize that there is hope out there and there is a solution. Again, I don't like to peddle fear at this channel. I'll leave that to the other quote unquote truther podcasters out there end quote. I will not peddle fear porn over here. I will discuss specific things that may are, you know, that may be happening in the world, but I will never use conjecture or hyperbole or fear tactics to, you know, get your adrenaline up and your quarter, you know, your cortisol, um, you know, chemical release in your body up, you know, which is actually addictive, which is why people end up coming back to these shows that, that spread fear because they're addicted to the fear. They're addicted to the stress and the, you know, the, the, the hormone, the cortisol hormone. There's a reason why the Bible says over 360 times, depending on the version of the Bible, you have fear not. Well, we're not going to peddle fear over here. We peddle facts, statistics. And if there's something I am incorrect in, I, you know, I, I rely on people out there to hold me accountable and say, hey, uh, Jason, um, I heard you talk about this, but. It's a little incorrect, little correction. And then what I'll do is I'll do an amendment and I'll, I'll make a correction. Destry has done it a couple times. Karen the Riveter has, you know, pointed out a couple things a couple times. And so I'll take those corrections. I'll say 10-4. I will make that correction. So, so anyway, join us back here in about five more minutes. We're going to talk about that. And then uh, until then or the next time, uh, we will... Like I said, we'll, we'll see you later, but uh, we'll be back in five minutes. Come on back for that discussion, and uh, we're going to end this with a prayer. I cannot forget that prayer. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this time together. I thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your plan. Thank you for giving us the free will to make the decision to follow you and not turn away from you. We know there are many people out there that are turning away from you, but we are doing our best to work here as your servants, as your warriors here in the fallen world to bring people closer to Christ, to get to know your son so they can be bridged to you and hopefully have eternity in heaven when that day finally comes when you call them home. And so we thank you so very much for all that you do, no matter what kind of struggles and hardships that we all go through. We know it does one thing for sure. It builds up our character. Character is the most important thing that we can ever hold in our lives that's what makes america great is our character as individuals and as one body of people so with all of this we pray all this in your holy son's name jesus christ amen and we will be back here in about five minutes but until then or the next time we'll see you later all right ladies and gentlemen that is it for the day thank you for joining us here at his heart line 
Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. our website www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates.